taking names and he decides who to free and who to blame always up to shenanigans this pastor Everybody travis will be treated hey guys I'm so excited to be here. Like, I literally, my vehicle was kind of in uh, jeopardy uh, on the way. There was a prison riot I was a part of yesterday. That's literal. That's something that happened. Um, And they shut everything down, and we were all in lockdown, and uh, and I got to speak to criminals, and that was good. Um, So so all that's good. All that's good. And... um, you know what? Uh, here, here's the thing is um, I really, really like I have known you guys for a long time. I know there's some like friendly faces that I know, like some faces that, hey, Scott's there. Uh, uh, there's people I know here. I always like to go places where there's people I know because um, like, you know already like how weird I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I don't have to do anything. Like I wore a ball cap to church this morning. Why? Because it's, it's you guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's something about that that's just, it makes me feel good. And also, this is the first time I have been in this new building since you guys have been here. What in the world? Originally, I just kept driving because I thought for sure that's a, that's a casino. That's a new casino here in town. But nay, it's a, it's a nice, I'm so proud of what God is doing in this house. And, and uh, actually, some of you don't know this, but me and my friend David Gadbury, who's another pastor, a uh, friend of mine in Canyon, Texas, he was here, this was a, a few months ago, he was here, um, and I was in town, and we met for, uh, for, for, for lunch, and I said, hey man, Travis has got that new building, Travis was gone somewhere, and I said, let's go break in there, and, and we did. I have broken into this building before it was, uh, before there was an official lock on the door. So, <sighs> all right, I don't have anything, no books or anything to promote, uh, so I don't have to say any of that because I didn't bring any, but I am working on a second book right now, should be out next month. Yes, yes, it's called The New You Versus The Screw You, so look at, look at, look out for that. <laughs> That's literally the name, and, uh, and, and it's going it's, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, matter of fact, what I'm speaking today is going to be um, a part out of that book, and it's on our mindsets, on, on several different mindsets that hold us back. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to start, um, like we always do, with a moment of prayer, if that's okay with you. So everyone, close your eyes, bow your head, close your eyes. Father God, help us. Amen. Ha. So, did you know... That everyone in this building, everyone in this room, every one of us, we have differing mindsets. And here's the problem is that every one of us think that we're right. Like, there's ne- matter of fact, there's never been a time in your life when you didn't think you were right. It's true. The person next to you, it's true about them. We all think we're right. The problem with that is Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means the difference in the way you think now versus the way you used to think. And so all of us, we have, we have stated in life these times when we were right. We are sure. We're confident. We are right about this. And then f- about five years goes by and we're like, I wish I w- maybe would have just kept it a little quiet. Especially now. Can you imagine that... When we look back on this era of time, how much we'll look back on all the posts where we made all these de- declaring moments because we were right, and, and then we'll look back, and some of us, not you, but the person sitting next to you, be like, oh, man, I should have, 
I, sh- I should have just held my tongue on that one. Even if we are right, sometimes there's a way to say. The problem is we all think we're right, and it's based off of our mindset, the way our mind is set. I have found there are five what I like to call crazy thoughts. And these, the reason I call them crazy thoughts is because there are five mindset limitations. There are five mindsets, the way we have our mindset, that limit us in who it is God's called us to be. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind so we can prove out what is God's good and acceptable and perfect will. That's, that's what, how we find out what God's plan is for us. And most of us get to a point in life where we're like, God, I, I really want to know why you created me, why I'm in here, what, what, am I, what is my purpose here? If you're a believer, that's a moment that you get to. And, and his word says the only way we're going to find that out is to expand in the way that we think, expand our mindset. So I call these crazy thoughts because... I was, a, I was a youth pastor for 15 years, and during my youth pastoring days, I figured out a way to make people remember what the message was by doing that fancy thing where you spell out the words, you know what I'm saying? Like that. So crazy thought that each one of these mindsets starts with one of these letters, and they spell crazy. We're only going to talk about two of them uh, today, but it's, so it's crazy. We're going to start, start with a can't mentality. Everyone say can't. Can't is a crazy thought. We see in the word of God, in Philippians 14, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 4 verse 13, it says this, it says that, that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And we gotta be really careful when we, when we quote scriptures like that because um, it's kind of that mindset, and I've heard it said over and over when people are talking to young people, they, they say this, you know what? If you want something bad enough, and if you, that you'll be able to be anything that you wanna be in life. You'll be able to do anything that you want to do. That sounds good, but guys, that's a lie. Like that's not, that's not accurate. There's some people that in this very room that no matter how bad you want it, you cannot lead worship. Like we've heard you. But, but some people are gifted at different things and some people have a, a different way that they, and, and so there's some things that we are not. So what the Bible says is that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, and he's going to strengthen me to be able to do what he created me for. Does that make sense? And, 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 and there's going to be times in your life, there's going to be things in your life when you've got to just kind of know on the inside by the leading, guiding, and directing of the Holy Spirit that this is what I'm created to be. This is who I'm created to be. Um, uh, for instance, when I was in fifth grade, I've told you guys before that I used to stutter, like just horribly, like just, I, I could not get a sentence out. It, it, the more nervous I would get, the more I would just be like, uh, you'd say, hey, what's your name? I, I'm, 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 say Elijah. Like you just, I couldn't get it out. And, and the thing is, I really, really, really wanted to speak, but I was intimidated by that. And my fifth grade teacher told me in fifth grade, she said, Elijah, I don't know what it is that you're going to do whenever you're a grown up, like for a living for, I, I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, you'll never be able to do anything that requires you to speak that's, that's what she, that's the only thing that I've ever done as a job is talk, but at that moment, I embraced a mindset about myself that there's just no way. If you've seen the B movie, there's an interesting fact on the B movie, the very beginning, uh, because I watch holy things. Um, in the very beginning of the B movie, it says that we have proven, and this is true, you can Google this on the internet machine, 
we have proven that bumblebees can't fly. Did you know that? Like we have proved, there's no way for the bumblebee, his little bitty wings to carry his big fuselage body. Like that can't be done. Like we can't recreate an aviational uh, uh, type situation where we build this according to engineers, according to science. It can't be done. Why? Because the little wings are not capable of carrying the big body of the bumblebee. Now, the only one who doesn't know this is the bumblebee. There's very educated people that they, they, it, the bumblebee just flies past him every day. Like he gets up with confidence. He's so confident that he knows he's big. He's so confident he wears his stripes this way anyway. He doesn't care. And the bumblebee flies past people that are educated, that understand there's no way for this to happen. The bumblebee can't fly. But the bumblebee was designed and created to be able to fly. And to pollinate, he's going to have to fly. It's going to be weird if you just see a bumblebee walking around, isn't it? Like, there's going to be a lot of squished bumblebees. Because that's exactly what we do when we see insects. We're like, ah, we get rid of them immediately. If we see bumblebees doing that. But the bumblebee, I think, needs to have a good long conversation with the chicken. Because out of the two, doesn't it seem like the chicken would be the one that's kind of more likely to fly? He's got feathers like a noble bird. You know what I'm saying? Like there's the, but, but instead the chicken's just like just walking around. Any restaurant you go to, any restaurant, there's some kind of chicken item on the menu. You know what? There's not bumblebee platters. Because the bumblebee flies away. And could it be that you are being slaughtered in your life in certain areas because you just refuse to pay attention to the fact that you've been given wings to fly in certain areas? But instead, now I don't know, I don't know why the chicken can't fly. I just know that in our life, I've seen it so many times in my life personally. There's been times when I've just been grounded because I, I just forget to listen to the, the bigger voice that God is saying, I can do. There's gonna, friends, listen, God wouldn't have sent me here this morning if he didn't want somebody in this room to understand that there's something within you that he's trying to bring out of you. And you've got to recognize more of the ability of the wings you've been given than the weight that you're given to carry. It's time to fly. It's time to fly. I believe I can fly. Now, let's remember that we, we can't just take that scripture saying, I can do all things through Christ or something, and then just do anything we want. This is very important. I want everyone to get this. Because see, listen, just because I'm preaching that, just because it says it in the word of God, doesn't mean like, you, you could be in here like, you know what? Yes, I feel an anointing on me and I believe that I, believe that I can physically fly this morning. And you get out and you're like, and you quote the scripture on the roof and you're, I, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth. And then you, you put a, a miracle offering out there and, and, you, and, you, and you fall, you're going to splat. I don't know why God didn't come through. It could be because we're trying to make out of this stuff what we want it to be. 
versus seeing that God has a plan for us. And the only way we are going to find out, to prove out his plan, his perfect plan, is to expand our mindsets. Can't is a, it's a mindset that will hold you back. It limits you. It's a, it's a mindset limitation. And we've got to learn to deal with it on a small level. Um, see, whenever we see that we want to get bigger in something, it's usually because we realize we're not healthy in that yet. Um, how many, at the, around the first of the year, how many in here will just be honest and said you've made kind of a resolution that you're going to get really healthy this year? Just raise your hand, okay? There's three of you, Okay. <laughs> the, rest, the rest of us are eating donuts. <laughs> and of the ones, I won't ask you to raise your hand on this one, of the ones who raised your hands, I wonder, I wonder how you're doing in that process. Because I used to, when I was 19, I worked uh, uh, part-time for this, this uh, gym. as a workout facility, a gym. I would sell memberships and... Um, one of, the, one of the true known things is that people, when you, when you buy into a membership, they usually last for about two weeks, like two weeks. It, and if you have a partner that you'll work it's about four weeks. But I didn't care because I was just trying to get a commission off of that immediate sale. Like, oh, you don't want to leave here. You may die out there. You know, I, I, <laughs> and, and the thing is, when it comes to getting healthy in areas, getting bigger in areas, it's usually as a result of realizing that we are not big like we want to be. When I was, um, right before I worked at that gym, it was uh, a couple years before that, I'm going to say I was 18 years old, and, and I was skinny. And when I, when I say skinny, I mean like, like I, I, have, I have now successfully, I, I didn't just uh, get abs, I've got ab, you know what I'm saying? Like I have... I've gained weight successfully in my life. Like as, as a man, there's just something that comes along with manhood where God's like, okay, and now you will never be able to burn calories. That's what you're going to do. And, 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 uh, and that, at that point, I was um, real skinny. And I wanted to get big. And so there's these three guys that I knew and they were bodybuilders. Like they were literal bodybuilders. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that. I wanted that uncomfortable, you know, where you walk just that kind of thing, you know, where when, you, when a man gets so big that he wears those shorts inappropriately short, you know, because he wants to show his life. It's not right, but that's what I wanted in my life. And I knew at that point, the same principle I'm telling you right now is that if you want to get bigger in an area, you have to get around people who are bigger than you in that area. And so these guys were bigger than me. And I was all excited because I, I asked them if, if, if we could work out together. And they kind of humorously said yes, you know, and they were my friends. And so it was chest day. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, chest day is like man day at the gym. And there's several reasons because when you work your chest, it, it pumps your chest up. So you get, you get good muscle flow right here, but also you're using your triceps so your arms feel pumped and then your, your traps are kind of, and so when you work chest, it's like, you feel like a man. It doesn't matter how small you are. Cause I was like, like that, but I felt leg day. We skip leg day. We never do leg day, but chest day is the day you do not skip in the gym for a man. And it was chest day. And it is this machine that we got on this one, um, what, what you would do is you just lay on it kind of like a bench press, but it was a machine and you put free weights on. And so they did uh, their weight. They put their weight on and it was 
three 45-pound plates on each side. I was like, yes! When the first guy gets down, they're just... I mean, they're just huge. Like, I see things always in my mind as, like, Lord of the Rings terms. And so these guys were like the orcs, you know, just like that. And I was like, Shmigo, like, must lift it, hurts us, burns us. And, but they had their weight. And then it came to be my turn. And on my turn, they, I was going the last set, and they, they took all of their weight off. And put my weight on. 15 pounds on each side, a, a 10, cling, and a 5, cling, cling, cling. And I was not discouraged. Why? Because I knew that these guys know more than me. They can get, they can get productivity out of me. Sure, I've lifted more than this, but it hasn't been productive. And now I'm going to do something under their guidance. And I got down to, and how we had to do it was the first set, we're lifting 10 of them. The second set, we're lifting, we're adding weight, and then we're lifting eight of them. And then the last set, we're maxing out and trying to add weight and lift six times. Does that make sense? So every time we're going up in weight. So second set came around, and there we are. We're pumping it out. I get down there. I do mine. It's all exciting. Third set comes around. On that third set, um, we had gotten involved in this conversation. Uh, it was about back hair removal. I remember it well. Because apparently... When you're in bodybuilding in a competition, the fuzziest guy does not win. Like, you have to be slick and shiny. And, and so they were talking about the different back hair removal things. And at that time in my life, I was like, that's silly. And now as a grown man, I'm like, I wish I remembered what they were talking about. Because that is an important thing. Um, and, and we got so involved in this conversation, the, the guy that goes right before me, he got a phone call and he said, okay, you, you go on this set and then I'm going to take this phone call and I'm going to, I'm going to come back and finish it up. So we're just swapping places, you know? And so we swapped places and I did my set and it was hard. I mean, it was rough, but I, six times I got it. And then the guy comes back and we realize when we go to switch the weight, we realize that we got so involved in this conversation about back hair removal that we forgot to take their weight off. That means me, Schmeagle, just lifted their weight. Something happened to me that day. I became a man that day. <laughs> I... I I couldn't believe it. And I did what everyone else in this room would do. Every other man in this room. I said, I, I said this. I said, guys, let me lift it one more time. Let me just lift it one more time. And, and I got down there and I just lifted this. Ready? One, two. I couldn't move it. One, two. I could not budge that thing. Third time's a charm. Here we go. One, two. What was that? I'm just saying there's a lot of pressure involved. Don't judge me. I couldn't lift that weight. I couldn't even get it off the bar. Now, the weight didn't change. 
The power of the person, the physical ability didn't change. The only thing that changed was I once again embraced the mindset that this is beyond your caliber. It's beyond your level. Once I took in that mindset, once I embraced it again, it limited me in what I could do. I'm telling you that we have embraced mindset. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should just leave here today, go to the gym and say, I can do all things you're crushing and put a bunch of, you know, a hernia is going to pop out. That's not wise. But what I am saying is there's something within us that when it comes to the way that we think, our mindsets, that we're, we're given an ability to do and go further than what we thought we could because we realized these wings were given to us by God. Friend, I wanna ask you this morning, before I leave this point, what is it that God has been putting on your heart that you're supposed to be doing? What is it that you're supposed to be? What, what, are the th- what is the weight that your wings were given to you for? What's your gifting? Pay attention to your gifting. What is your gifting? Not everyone is gifted at speaking. Not everyone is gifted at, at, at being a musician. I see Pastor Travis up here. He, he preaches. He plays the bass guitar. He's a shiny, attractive man. Like everything. We all can't be that. Some people are going to be gifted. and some. But there are giftings that we all have in different areas. What I'm asking you is the only way you're going to realize who God created you to be is to start paying attention to the natural giftings that you have. Maybe you're a good listener. Well, people are counselors. They, they go and they need, they, well, I don't know what it is. Um, do you ever notice how the superheroes always have that like emblem on their, on their uniform and that's based off of something that was traumatic that happened in their life? You know, like you, we've all seen Batman or I think we've all seen Batman because I'm a, I've got a 14-year-old son so I've seen Batman over and over and over. And, and in Batman's case, you always see that he fell in this cave and there's bats everywhere and it terrified him but it, it made something. It made an imprint on him. A Spider-Man, he got bit by a spider and so he's got the spider on there. I wonder what traumatic experience may have marked you and you just maybe aren't, aren't putting the two together that it could be that you're really gifted in that area. It could be that you failed in an area and it was embarrassing, it was traumatic, and, but, but maybe that's the thing that's imprinted you so that way you can help others in that same area. Does that make sense? That it's time for us to identify not just the weight we've been given, given to carry, but the wings We've been given to carry that weight. Can't is a mindset that will hold you back. I'm going to skip all the way to the Z in this. Um, uh, and, and I do have more points on this, but we don't have time uh, this morning uh, to, to get into them. And plus, if I shared them all, then you wouldn't buy the book. So, uh, but, but the Z stands for this. The Z, everyone says zeal. And what I mean by this is a lack of zeal. I just couldn't put that because it wouldn't spell crazy thoughts. But it's a lack of zeal. When I say zeal, here's what that means. Um, zeal is kind of, it's a reference to the life, the excitement, the breath of God, that there's a zeal. And it, this zeal, it, for this morning, I want to talk about the zeal for the house of God. There's a great story in the Bible where Jesus is walking into the temple. He's got his boys with him. You know, it's, it's the disciples. They're running 12 deep and, and they're, they're just walking around land and dust is and Jesus walks into the temple 
And he sees all this misuse of the temple. He sees all kinds of crazy stuff happening. He sees that it's a misuse of his father's house. And Jesus, it says he goes over and he starts to make a whip. Like, this is Jesus. Now, let me ask you this. Parents in here, how many parents we got in here? Okay. Parents, have your kids ever come out of like the Sunday school uh, thing with that little coloring sheet, you know, and you got the crafts, you know, on there and the, the little thing. Yeah, and, and it's always this like picture of Jesus and he's, he's holding a lamb. Jesus, he's feeding kids enchiladas. Like, you know, it's always this, this really, really kind, loving Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Because that's what, that's what we read about Jesus. That was his natural personality. But then all of a sudden in this, for whatever reason, in this case, Jesus goes over and he starts making a whip. And when he's making the whip, you know he's got to be making eye contact with somebody. Like he's making the whip for a reason. You know, and you don't want to be the guy that Jesus looks at. Yeah, no, no, no. I can raise you back from the dead. Don't you worry about that. Like, and I bet you Jesus was a really good whip maker. Like, if you get your hair corn rolled, you want Jesus to do it. Like, he's got it down. And, and Jesus gets the whip, and, and, then, and then he, Zorro style, because I'm, I'm half Mexican, and so I see things in Zorro patterns. But I'm half white boy, too. You guys know that. Half, the, the half white is Viking. I told you that. I had this surgery, and they found it. It's Viking side. So I'm, I'm half Mexican, half Viking, which is potentially I'm the angriest guy in this room. Like, just, well, I can pillage a village and then rebuild it for a discounted cost. Too soon. Too soon. Do not laugh at that. It's insensitive. Um, and Jesus comes in with his whip. And, he, I, 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 like that. Now, and he's kicking over money tables. Like he's throwing people around. This is Jesus. We never see this coloring picture of Jesus. This is the coloring picture I want to see. And in that story, the disciples remember a reference about him in the Old Testament and it said, the zeal for my father's house has consumed me. The zeal, the passion, the excitement for my father's house, for God's house has consumed me. This is why I think it's just a poor excuse for us to say we're, we're just not the kind of people, like when it comes to a worship service. Now listen, I'm not saying everyone does have to be lifting their hands. I'm not saying you have to be jumping around. I'm not saying any of that because you can, you, I've seen people that are just trying to put on a show so that way they can get attention from other people. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm not saying that it's just about that. And a matter of fact, like if you, it, and also like getting prayed for and falling down, that's cool if, God, if God's presence is on you and that I believe in that, but don't do things just for a display. Like you want to prove God's moving, don't get stuck to the floor, get stuck to the ceiling. Like get up there, then, then we'll know. Yep, God is doing so, we're going to need a catcher on this one. But what I'm saying is we often use excuses that like when it comes to worship, we're not we're, we don't have a display about it. Like there's no, there's no, and, and we're, we're, they sing the next song and we're like, you can see it in the faces of the congregation. Whenever you see the musician and they turn the page thing on the deal, you know there's another song coming. You can see the face. You're, oh no, not another song. Not all of you, but the person next to you, they do that every time. 
And, and sometimes, like men especially, whatever it is about us, there's this, this kind of prideful thing where it's, it, for some reason, we just kind of fight ever just like really going for it. And, and, and women, like you, you do that thing, like there's a fan on you, you're doing that, ah, like that kind of thing. But men, it's, it's just, we, we, and we use the excuse that that's just not my personality. That's not the kind of person I am, which may be true, but... I'll bet you there's at least one area of your life that you are not like that in. I bet you there's something that you're into that you have a display of emotion. I bet you there's something, whether it be sports. I'm not saying it's sports. I'm not saying it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's probably some area of your life where you show more excitement for that thing than you do for the house of God and the things of God. And, 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 and I'm not saying that you shouldn't show excitement for that kind of stuff. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, God wants you to live a passionate life. Of, you know what? I love to laugh. I laugh all the time. I watch comedians. I laugh it up because my life was meant to be celebrated. I'm, I'm here for a purpose and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to feel bad about that. I'm not saying you should feel bad about the thing that you like. I'm saying when it comes to the house of God, what we need to do is be open in our mindset to changing even what is our natural personality. When we walk through those doors into a service, it's no longer about us. It's not. Did you know the layout for a worship service was given to us as an example in the Old Testament that it is a place where we are bringing something to God. We're bringing an offering to God. And so you hear a lot of the, like the, the kind of the faster songs that we sing, a lot of them, they're, they're like talking about God and how great he is. It's us bringing something to him. And then when you listen to the slower songs, a lot of the format is we're, now we're talking to God. So we go from talking about God at the outer place to going to talking to God, more of an inner circle kind of thing. And then when that has been done, when we've given God an offering, then God speaks to us. And that's what the message is usually supposed to be. It was well, always supposed to be. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always supposed to be. But, but, but that's the layout. That's the format for it. And so when we come into the house of God, it's not about us. It's about the offering that we're giving to him. Does that make sense? And when we don't feel like it, because believe me, I get it. I didn't, you, you know what? There's many a times that I don't feel like it. That doesn't mean that we don't do it. It means that we just dig in and say, God, this isn't about me. I've got a passion for your house, for your, and so the passion for God's house, the zeal for God's house in two areas. One, in ourselves, that we are passionate about being inside the house of God. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here because all of you guys are here. I'm talking like these three characters that didn't show up on these chairs. They need to watch this. But you're here and you get it. A zeal for the house of God, but also for us to bring other people into the house of God. That we become people who invite others to the house. Now, I know that Easter's coming up and I can only assume that it's going to be a day where people are open. I used to live in Oklahoma City. I lived here for 12 years in Oklahoma City. And what I know about Oklahoma City is that everyone you talk to says that they're Christian. Everyone goes to church somewhere, even though they never actually go to church. When you talk to them, they say, but on Easter, that's one of the times that they do respond 
in coming to church. Now, Pastor Travis did not call me up or ask me to promote you guys inviting someone, but you know who did? God did. God told me to talk to everybody about having a passion for his, the, the Father's house. Why is it important for us to bring people to church? Did you know that less than 1% of every believer, less than 1% of every believer ever re, uh, uh, leads someone to Christ, like personally leads someone to the Lord? But do you know where we're doing that every week? Right here. So it's easy, like you can invite people if you don't know what to say, and I know you guys do because you're scholars, but I've done that before where it's just kind of weird on that personal level. You, you go out and you try to witness to somebody, you're like, uh, hey, uh, word up, man, I want to talk to you about, you know what I'm saying? Like it just gets weird. And, 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 and so sometimes, sometimes it's just easier if, if you say, man, you know what? Yes, Easter's coming up or whatever. You should come to church with me. I don't know if you go anywhere, but, but come to church with me because in the house of God, there's always an opportunity to meet God. And so some of us were afraid of what might happen. We're afraid of what that looks like. We're afraid that when we invite them, I don't know if they're gonna respond to the music. And then we got that one weird person that does the thing in the corner. I mean, that's how we, you know, we, we always worry about that kind of stuff. We're so consumed about what are they gonna think if this happens or if that happens. And then, oh no, what if someone stands up and starts speaking in tongues? And what, you know, I mean, we, we get concerned because we don't know what they're gonna think. But here's the deal that, the Holy Spirit's function is, and his job is to draw people to Father God. And so sometimes the things that we're so worried about uh, that they're, gonna, they're not gonna like, sometimes that's the very thing that the presence of God is doing on the inside of them. And, and you don't know how he's leading them toward Father God. You just know his function is bigger than your function. My job, Acts 1-8, when, you, you, when, you, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive power to be a witness. My job is to be a witness in my city, my state, my nation, and my world. And so my job isn't to close the deal. My job is just to lift up the name of Jesus and speak out about him. I'm a witness to him. And why is that important? Because see, as I do that, he says, if my name be lifted up, I, Jesus, will draw all men unto me. Our job is just to be a witness. And one of the ways we can be a witness is bringing them to church. Let them witness, let them be in the presence of the almighty God. Aren't they important enough to have God included in their life? Aren't they important enough to let the Holy Spirit start to soften the issues in their heart? Aren't they important enough for that? Let's just stop, stop worrying so much. Let's get over ourselves and let's have a zeal, a passion for the Father's house. And maybe it's not your style. And I get that. You know what? Jesus, I, <laughs> that wasn't his style. But when it came to his father's house, he changed his normal personality in the display of it in this situation. So what I'm asking everyone to do is these mindsets. Um, this is the homework for the rest of our life. These mindsets. One, a can't mentality. God's dealing with you about something that he's wanting you to embark upon, start navigating into. Don't worry that you're not big in that area yet. You get around people who are bigger than you and you learn from them and you push that weight, man. You flap them wings. You do what it is he's calling you to do and you'll grow to a bigger level with that. And then to the zeal for your father's house, the zeal for the, the passion for the father's house. You know, what's great about this house right here. This is the temple that was what I'm referring to as the house of God. I know we are all the house of God as we walk out of this room, but right here is where collectively we come. 
You guys have everything brand new. Like I'm, I'm afraid to sit on even chairs back there because everything's brand new. You know what I'm saying? Like it is, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's new. It's, a, I mean, what a great season to show off what God is doing in your house. This is a good time. It's a good season. You don't have to, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to think about if the guy's got to go to the bathroom, he's got to wait on somebody else because there's only one stall there. Remember, you remember? And that toilet was way over here. And why not put, why was there two? Why was there a urinal and a toilet and there's no stall? Who are the two that are going to commit to that situation? When I walked in the men's bathroom here, it's glorious. It's not even sticky on the floor. All men's bathrooms are sticky. Oh, that's not here because it's brand new. Like this is a good, great, great time to invite someone to the house of God because what a great season to let them see just what God's done here. Does that make sense? So zeal for our father's house. I'm gonna ask everyone, just really quick, bow your head, close your eyes. And uh, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not aware of where everyone is in your spiritual life. I just don't know where you are. Even if we were best friends in this room, there's, uh, there's you know, only God knows the heart of man. And so I can't assume that everyone is where they need to be with God this morning. So my job, my responsibility, and my opportunity is to to make that available, make a relationship with God available for you. Friend, if you're in here and you'd say, Elijah, I've never said a prayer asking Jesus to come into my heart, asking him to be my Lord, asking him to be my savior. I've never done that. But dude, I'm feeling that and I, 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 wanna, I wanna respond to that. If that's you, in a moment, I'm gonna count to three. I'm gonna ask you to slip your hand in the air and I'm gonna say a prayer with you. But before I do that, maybe you're in here and you'd say, Elijah, I have said that prayer, but if I'm honest with myself, dude, things are off course. Things are off track. I've let things go, and there's been some, there's, there's some distance between me and God. It's not because of him, it's because of me. And I would like to recommit my heart and my life to Jesus today. That's what I want to do. I want to jump in with these people who may be saying this for the first time, and I want to press reset on my spiritual journey. If you're in this place, and that's you, on the count of three, in either one of those categories, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. Today, I'm, I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up here to share your testimony. Nothing like that. I just want to know who I'm praying with. If that's you, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, just shoot your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand right there. I see your hand right there. I see your hand right there. I see your hand right here. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand right over there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand over here on this side. I see your hand. As soon as you put it up, you can put it right back down. I'm just wanting to know who I'm praying with. Awesome. Here's what I'm going to do. I I see your hand right there. Thank you so much. Uh, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead everyone in this prayer. I'm going to ask you to say this prayer out loud. Everyone in the room, not just those who raise your hands, but everyone in the room, say it loud enough where you can hear yourself talking. Everyone say, Father God, I need you in my life. I can't make it on my own. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. And I'll follow you forever. Thank you for saving me, God. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand clap. Love you guys.